He is a Denver native born of Denver natives. A former Denver chief deputy district attorney, he is now an active Colorado trial lawyer. Bright, independent, and full of fun, he has been part of the media for decades. This is The Craig Silverman Show. Okay, Troubadour, cheers. Give me a great intro. Oh, what a world. What a life. What a day. Welcome to the CSS Craig Silverman Show, everybody, and happy holidays. I like that. Do you want to timestamp this show? Let's call it our Christmas Hanukkah special. And that's what it is. It's during Hanukkah, and it's the day before Christmas. What's the best part of the Craig Silverman Show? I think it's the whiskey they serve here in the lounge. Well, not every day. We are having a toast to 2022. May you disappear soon, and it be better. I think things are getting better. But first of all, what's the best part of our show? Show after show, episode after episode. I think it's, I think it's, the, um, it's the introduction that I just did today. It's the interaction with the troubadour, no question, which is why we have a Christmas special, because we have a secret sauce. No, not just great chemistry and friendship we share. We know a guy who knows a guy who puts together the show, and we don't even want to say his name for fear somebody will steal him. How about I say it backwards? Darb. Go ahead. Darb. And there might be a nester involved. Thank you for all you do. Yes. You are fantastic. And he's putting together our special, which is our back and forth and your music. So we don't need any music this week. We can drink and be merry. And I'll tell you what I'm merry about. Are you ready? Yes. No sexual innuendo, no joke like that. Good. You haven't drank enough. Cheers. Here, let's do a lachayim. To the January 6th committee, they wrote it all down. They put together the case. It's airtight, and it all points toward Trump. But who didn't know that before? But it's just good to get a chance to write it all down for history, for accountability, for Merrick Garland. Hey, read this. I'm going to try to read as much as I can over Christmas break. I fear that the results of all of this... Craig, are going to be, um, will be anticlimactic. What's going to be happening with Trump is the, the air's already e- eking out of the balloon. And um, it will, I don't think we're going to get that sense of vindication that so, much, so many people want out of Trump. He'll, he'll, he'll meander, he'll, he'll dodge and duck and stay out of jail. And slowly, he's going away. But I just don't think it's going to have that major impact that we're looking for. Just between us, do you pay taxes? I do, indeed. Stupid. Only the stupid (laughs) people pay. I mean, this guy, Trump, he criticizes the overspending and he doesn't pay any taxes. It's it's unbelievable. It's part of of the Trump show. Holy cow. The anyway, other part. Do you aren't... agree with what I say? It's going to no, be. No, it's going to no, be anticlimactic. I don't think we can move on without accountability. It's just like the tax thing, because if you let him get away with it, then everybody will. So what and do you think? Will it's the... like the death penalty here. 
Once you didn't get it for the Aurora Theater Massacre, then it was effectively dead. Because if that guy didn't deserve it, then what if you're telling me a guy who only killed eight people does? That's an awful thing. But I let's know, but t- I'm just saying if Trump gets away with this, then What's what Gar- can't you get away with? What's in Garland going to do? Great. He's got to follow the law. He's got to charge him with uh, sedition. The guy was really going to go to the Capitol and bust it up. Then he was going to say, now it goes to the state legislators. Ha ha. We have a slight majority. All these Republicans will toe the line. And they would. Remember when I got kicked off the radio and I tweeted, I said, I'm not going to tow his line or anybody's line. I see corruption here. And it was over Zelensky. That's the other great news of the week. Did you watch? Well, I know oh, we had a great yes, walk. Yes, absolutely. That was the highlight of the week. No question. Zelensky before Congress. Tell no, me, historic. Uh, uh, it was yes. historic. It really yeah, was. Yeah, so what a, what a magical day that was because you and I took a walk right before the winter solstice and it was about 50 degrees, calm, all this forecast of frigidity. Tell everybody what happened. Yeah, so I on the way home, we we got a blast of Arctic air. And I mean, everybody in Colorado was, was, was if you were outside, you would have known. But uh, within 10 minutes, I think the, and this is no exaggeration, the, the temperature plummeted 30 degrees. It was amazing. And is it just a coincidence that I told you and you even remembered, turn on Zelensky right now? It was like, hey. A wake-up call. wake-up call. Yeah. So yeah. what did you think? I thought he was. A, he showed the markings of a great statesman. Aside from being a, you know, obviously, a, a, you know, an exemplary leader, courageous man, he showed great statesmanship. He thanked the United States for its help. He said it wasn't charity. Um, he talked. He talked about. Uh, you know. He he talked about the commitment that was required from Europe and the United States. He was not begging. His hat was not off. He was a man of principle and courage. And Joe Biden interacted with him marvelously and i think putin is losing it and let's drink a toast to putin going down and Zelensky prevailing those are yeah those are two different things i don't know the way in which putin will go down craig that's that is a whole different story hashem hashem is it wrong to say that remember the prayer about the czar and filler on the roof which they're yes performing in Yiddish on Broadway. Maybe we should go and see it. Joel Gray. May the Lord bless and keep the czar. Far away from us. So Putin will not stay far away from Ukraine. That's on our minds, but closer to home. Did you hear about Kirk Whitland? No. Remember Kirk Whitland, yes. my neo-Nazi producer? Yeah. Who, what happened with him? You won't believe it. Are you ready? Yeah. He's back on 710 KNUS. Right. On the Stephen Tubbs show. The guy he used to work with, along with me, he was the executive producer. It was the other night, Heidi Beetle, my guest, alerted me, because I can't listen to Tubbs. Honestly, I listen to, like, Brockler and Kaplan sometimes. That's boring enough. But Tubbs, come on. And I just can't take it. Anyway, I heard about it, so I go to the podcast, and there's our one where he's saying Kirk was smeared. And you know how this comes about? You ready for this? Twitter. My pal Elon Musk, he starts letting people back from a timeout, the penalty box, including a guy named Andy No, 
who says that the problem with the world is Antifa. And he can prove it because he covered Portland and all the mayhem up there. And he got conked a few times in the head by the Antifa thugs. And maybe that happened. I don't know. But he got adopted by the right wing as a hero. And then, of course, if you're going to be a hero with these guys, you have to put down transsexuals. And what happened was Colorado Springs Antifa had a great person on staff, Heidi Beetle. After Heidi came out of the army and out of teaching and out of the closet embracing her own individuality, she went into first Colorado Springs Antifa and then she moved on to the Colorado Springs Independent and now she's at the Colorado Times Recorder. She's been a guest of mine twice. Her transsexuality has nothing to do with anything for me. But she was the best person to talk about the Club Q situation, so we had her on. She lives in the spring. She even taught that poor victim, Mr. Green. And so um, other shows won't have her on, but that's not enough for them. She's being attacked on Twitter by this guy, Andy No, who Elon Musk let back on. And he's calling her out for all the usual transsexual slurs, and saying that all her work at, uh, by Colorado Springs Antifa is null and void because look who's doing it. And I say, yeah, look who was doing it. She's fantastic. The only problem with Colorado Springs Antifa is they were anonymous and, and uh, she wants to be more mainstream, okay? So that's what happened. And then Heidi at first, because... This guy, Andy Noah, has a lot of followers. She got bombarded with hate email and these bad tweets. And she said, I'm moving on to a different social media, Mastodon, Post, whatever. Then a few days later, she was back saying, screw it, I'm not going anywhere. And Colorado Springs Antifa did great things. And among the great things that we did, we exposed Kirk Woodland. This was a year after I left. When I left, I said, why is Kirk doing these things, saying these things about me? He lied about me. He did some shit with that uh, movie Inglorious Bastards where I now think he was on the Nazi side. And then I read all the reports by Colorado Springs Antifa, followed up by Jeremy Hohola in Nine News, followed up by great people at Westward, and the story emerged in controvertible proof that Kirk Whitland was showing on Russian-connected websites that he venerated Adolf Hitler and Nazism. I knew he was MAGA, but I didn't know he was a Nazi. I was startled. And I put together a lot of things that happened, and damned if he, in hour one, I listened to the promo hour. There's Stephen Tubbs saying, we're going to have Kirk Whitland, who was wrongly chased away. Faulty accusations. It's all established now. It's Heidi Beetle's fault. She's a tranny. She can't be trusted. You can't trust Nine News. Jeremy, then he made fun of Jeremy's last name. Ho, ho, hola. You can listen. I'm not going to link it this week. And then Kyle Clark got involved. Too. Uh, he got put down. So then, great, the next hour, I mean, this is a great build-up hour. The next hour, Kirk Whitland in the studio. Guess what happens? They don't post hour two. Oh. What's going on? 
remember when they hid my podcast and doctored them? So where is it? Everybody wanted to hear it because nobody really listens live. At least nobody's reporting on it. Who wants to endure that? But we wanted to hear it this week. And nothing's come through. Kyle Clark got a hold of me. Do you have it? Did you listen? No. Did you? No. So Kyle Clark tweeted it out to Tubbs, you know. Where are you? Where is it? Yeah. And no, I don't know. And Heidi Beetle, who's brave as crap, hell, Heidi was in the Army, a sergeant, honorably discharged, said to Tubbs, I'll come in your studio and I'll talk. But I'd like to know what Woodland said during that missing hour. Isn't that interesting stuff? Well, we'll see what he said. I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, they can run, but they can't hide. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can tell you who won't be listening. <laughs> Let me tell you what you won't like to. And I told you about it the other day, and I'm not going to pull this out, but people can go to the hour of Jenna Ellis on with Dan Kaplis talking about Club Q. God forbid Dan Kaplis have Heidi Beetle on, somebody who knows about Club Q, somebody empathetic, somebody who could talk about Sheriff Elder, who screwed up big time. I wrote about that in the Colorado Sun. Please check out my latest column in the Colorado Sun. I write about the many mistakes at Club Q. Follow me on Twitter at Craig's Colorado, because I'm staying on there. And I'm thinking, God, I'm giving Musk access to all my personal thoughts. Well, any social media, you're putting it out there for the world. You know what I mean? Anyway... Kaplis Nellis, they put out there for the world this. One, they talked about what a great guy Jenna Ellis's father is and how Jenna Ellis loves to listen to the Dan Kaplis show. And Jenna Ellis is on Salem. Remember when they got rid of me? You can't talk about the one on the other. She's with Salem. She's over there on 630K How saying, I'm starting a daily show, but I'm not going to do it in the afternoon because I can't compete with Dan Kaplis because my daddy loves Dan Kaplis and he wants to listen to me on Salem. So I guess Salem in the morning with Jenna, then Dan Kaplis, whatever you want to do with your life. And I bring up Jenna's father because of this. It's in the January 6th report that she's volunteering her father to be an expert on how the election was stolen and he's a rocket scientist. You got to read it to believe it. I just tweeted it out. But the disgusting thing is then Dan says, hey, people are texting me that you're saying that everybody who got killed at Club Q is going to hell. I want to give you a chance. (laughs) She took it and she explained how they're facing eternal damnation because they've never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I mean, what a sales pitch. And and she went on for five or ten minutes, not apologizing, but justifying without resistance. That's another thing you want to miss, Troubadour. Am I right? It is. I mean, that's classic evangelical, you know, thinking and, and you know, what can you say about it? It's faith. It's faith based. It's I mean, you can't argue with people who, who believe that. It's just it's just core to them. And it's best to ignore them. I think, Craig, that's what I have to think about this coming year. Do I ignore uh, my former workplace? You know, a lot of Broncos do like talk radio or podcasting. 
And they have a perspective because they were there. And they get pissed off and the Broncos suck. They kind of take it personally. That's the way I feel about where I used to work, 630K, how? Uh, 710K in US. I, I hate to see them dragged into this shit like this. They were my colleagues, in some cases kind of friends, even Kirk Woodland. But if they become neo-Nazis or if they support uh, a coup against America and Donald Trump after his demonstrated criminality, then I don't want to be friends with them anymore. And if they have a public microphone and they're doing this and not even talking about it or forgiving it, I, I just, I don't, I think the times are beyond that. You have to call this out, especially people with an education. What do you think? You have an education. You you sit there like you you don't, but you have an MBA from CU and all of that. Am I drooling? No. No. How's the whiskey? Getting better with each inch. <laughs> anyway. That's no, it. no, it's a tough yeah. deal. Anyway, the whole the, you know, Salem is it was it was started by I mean it was it's a it's a religious Yes, it's a it's a religious but remember based. When Christianity it, was nice and loving, based. and they loved Israel, and we thought that was good. Well, I think there's still support for Israel, but but no, no, the I mean, everybody who who listens to a devout evangelical Christian has to deal with their belief that you know if you don't if you don't accept Jesus, and I don't make judgments about this. I mean, this is their belief. It's like you know. Right. I'm going to hell for etern you know eternity. It's like you know, if they have electric guitars, eh, it may not be such. I a know bad anything place to that's be. eternal sounds boredom, but I don't want eternal damnation. No, no, and it's you know, it's something that you ha if you're not if you're not that if you have if you don't have those beliefs, you you will have had to have you know reconciled that some time ago and just and just you know you blow it off. You say this is their belief. Fine, they're not bad people for believing it. You know, it's how they were raised or it's what they believe now. And um, and it's unfair to talk about all Christians like this because no. I know Christians, no, Christians in my about... family, but some the, the best part is love. Where right. is the that love? That is the best part of it, right. And the ev evangelical side of it is, you know, is very, it's a literal interpretation of the Bible. They believe God wrote these words. And, um, you know, what am I going to do? Fight them for it? It's, it's, it? it goes against science because evolution is obviously something that's discounted or, or rejected. And um, I, I think that there are, some, there are some people, because of their faith, you just cannot argue with. They have to believe that. You have to deny it. And then you can go about your merry way, you know. And somehow their faith allows them to embrace MAGA. Well, that's and a different Trump. thing, right? Right, and that's that's, that's the frightening. That's thing. aggravating. That's aggravating. Yeah, because that gets into the into the you know the um, you know Trump's his his whole policy of you know the whole his whole abor belief on abortion and everything like that. Um, so that's why they. I think they hold their nose with Trump. They're kind of like holding their nose, but they go with him. Can't they find yeah. a pro-life person who's ethical? Mitt Romney comes to mind. That's right. Mitt Romney who called out Russia. Just like Zelensky did. Did you notice Zelensky took on Iran as well? Yes, he did. Yeah. Last time there was a big speech by a Jewish guy in that chamber. It was Bibi Netanyahu and I was there and he was talking shit about Iran. Just like Volodymyr Zelensky did the other night. So Iran's a problem and we talked about it then. Bibi did. I did on the radio. It's what got me aligned with a lot of these Christian evangelicals because we were all aligned 
even Randy Corcoran and me opposing the Iran nuke deal because Iran is bad. They're part of Putin, and we don't want it. We don't need it. Anyway, they're, they're suffering within there, within the borders of that country. I mean, there's a lot going on there now, it's in terms of the protests and and uh, you know what's being aired in terms of the leadership there. I mean, they're they're in the throes of what could be, you know, I don't know if it would be a revolution, but some change going on. I mean, the women are rightfully you got and you got to give them tip your hat to to the courageous women of Iran who 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 protest, um, you know their lack of, of, of civil rights. And it's all coming to a head. The people in Russia are starting to appreciate things. You can't keep information out forever, but I'm telling you, Steve Bannon with his podcast, he's putting out about 12 or 15 a day. It's all targeted uh, around the world now. They're interfering in Brazil, etc. There's something going on, and it's all coming to a head in 2023. Man, we better buckle up, right, in Russia and Iran. And, you know, we can talk about how cold it is, uh, this or that. But the poor people of Ukraine, a modern, civilized, educated society that was just getting its bearings. I mean, what they're going through, Dave Gunders, I mean, Slava Ukraine, Glory Ukraine. Isn't that 100%? I mean, even if Ukraine's done bad things in the past, this or that, when it comes to Putin's war on Ukraine, it, it it's good versus evil, isn't it? It really does take that kind that kind of timbre. And uh, right, right, um, you know, you, all support to those people. I mean, it is. It's 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 so admirable that they didn't cave. And Zelensky, you know, people can can uh, believe what they want to about politicians who stand up. And, and, and spout this or spout that. Zelensky's walk the walk. You have to give the man great respect. I mean, when, when Russia was rolling in at the very onset of the war, Zelensky stayed and his family stayed. And I mean, he, he probably knew there was a very good chance that he was going to be taken down. And I mean, I mean, you know, if not jailed, killed, and possibly his family too. I mean, that was, that was, a, that was a heroic thing that he – and I think he set, he set the tone for, for Ukrainian independence fight. I mean, he did. Um, you, had to, you had to look at that guy with, with, with great respect. I know a troubadour who has a song called Set the Tone. Maybe that's the first sound out of the box. Troubadour, thanks for an exceptional 2022. Here's to victory in 2023 may democracy prevail over autocracy may good prevail over evil may the hanukkah miracle happen in our lifetime i believe it's possible amen amen Face. You 
Say you better know your place Nothing you can win We'll take you down and screw you in Cause when you must begin Let them know right then Set the tone catch on fire? It wasn't that. You choked on that bite of burnt bacon. Why is everything all red? The heat is unbearable. Where am I? Excuse me, your dishonor. May I step in on behalf of my client? Mr. Silverman, proceed. Tell me one redeeming good thing your client did. He was a faithful listener to my radio show. Not good enough. He had decency and compassion for his family. He did end-of-life planning with Michael Bailey. The Michael Bailey? That is kind to your loved ones. That is smart and way too decent for this place. Your client can go. And what about me, your despicableness? Why should I? Michael Bailey is my lawyer, too. Go on, then. Get out of here. <laughs> now, part of that was serious, and part of that was fictional. But you will die someday, and if you don't make a legal plan, the government will make one for you. Call my lawyer, Michael Bailey. His rates are reasonable, and he can meet with you and your spouse wherever you want, and on weekends and evenings. 720-394-6887 or online at mblawllc.com. Now back to the Fred Silverman Show. Hey, being a lawyer is a matter of judgment. You have to know the law, the facts, but good judgment is essential. If you don't understand how Donald Trump is culpable for the crimes committed in his name, then I question your judgment. I have the good judgment to question Donald Trump. If you want a lawyer like that instead of a knucklehead, 
who believes in the MAGA propaganda, call Craig, 303-734-7156, 303-734-7156. I am Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. You are Boulder. When I think of Boulder, I think of Dave Gunders, oh. the Mighty Twisters, the Scatterbrains. I've spent a lot of time in Boulder, and I and I would like to say I'm a, my my heart goes out to the people who uh, who lost everything, um, and and I I can't even imagine what what they're going through. And it's on a it's on a pretty dramatic level too in terms of the number of families now that have been displaced. So I I just can't even imagine what they're, you know, how they begin to rebuild. But thankfully, it, it seems that there was no loss of life. Right. And I don't know. That's one thing that we have to put this podcast out there before we know for sure. I don't think they've combed through all the properties. You have to think there might have been some elderly people. There may have been some people who just refused uh, the directive. We We know about that from COVID. But I think the government did a good job saving humanity, which is the main thing. Property, you have insurance. It's horrible. And uh, it's the biggest, uh, one of the biggest disasters in Colorado history. I, I've, Craig, I've never heard of, a, I don't remember a fire anywhere in this country that's, um, you know, that destroyed 800 homes. Troubadour, thanks for getting here. It's a little late, but I decided to wait. I made the big trek. How long? That's your song, you know? Mm-hmm. Just Try Me. What a classic. Perfect for this show. I, I thought it was beautiful, and it also got me to thinking, because toward the end you say, hey, it's getting late, right? Mm-hmm. I've been waiting, but... uh I'm concerned about America, and you and I walk and talk, and and I just wonder how much time we've got. Well, how much time do we have? We've got to we've got to make make the time as good as we possibly can. In fact, I I brought you an article on uh, in, from the New York Times. I wanted you to read. It's by uh, it's 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 about it's 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 written uh, as a. I think as a um, um, impetus to, for for Democrats to actually come to a good strategic decision this coming election, rather than just moan about things, you know. So that's right. that's, that's that's taking taking power in our own hands, right? Take action. Yes, that's what this podcast is about. Yes. that's why you are so wonderful. Hey, Troubadour, how's it going? Hi, Craig. It's going good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I have a fantastic interview with Chris Tomlinson about the Alamo, and I asked you for a good song, and boy, did you deliver again. So you liked uh, New Last Chance? I don't like it. I love it. Oh, that's great. Here's the cool thing about a podcast, and I listen to a bunch as well. We can't all read long books, but if you listen to this interview with Chris Tomlinson, you will absorb the message of 
forget the Alamo, but by reading the book, I realized, because I went to the Alamo, same impression, it's tiny. Let's get back to your music, because I think somehow it just captures what we've been talking about. And, and you, you tell us, uh, what inspired you to write uh, you know, New Last Chance? I mean, those three words together are so beautiful. New Last Chance, what a concept. Well, it's, a, it's an anomaly because a last chance is a last chance. The idea of a new one um, and someone hoping for that, I think, was kind of the, the uh, inspiration for the song. And then I wanted it to be, you know, in terms of the instrumentation, I wanted it to be, um, I wanted it to feel like Americana, something has, and so that's, you know, it's got the, it's got the flute, it's got the uh, mandolin, and, and it's, it's, a, it's an acoustic-oriented song that, you know, kind of brings up a different time for me. Holy cow, you know that was on the air right there. You saying you're not a smart man. But I know what love is. Holy cow, now you're making fun of people who are a little slower? Is that a movie impression? That's my movie impression. That's Rain Man. No, 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 no. It's not Rain Man. It might be. No. What about that one where the guy wants some French fried potatoes? <laughs> Who's that? I, I, you're the guy who's telling me to watch various shows all the time, but I'm going to tell you, you have the greatest song this week. Sorry isn't good enough. It's just perfect for this show. Way to go. You want to know why? Why? First of all, it's the ultimate song of justice. You're going to get yours. You're done, Jack, and your apologies aren't going to be worth really very much given what you've done. Am I right? Yes. I mean, are you not a forgiving type? Uh, this song is a little harsh. Sorry isn't good enough. Who are you? Sorry's a good start, but sometimes people need to go further than sorry. Uh, when what they've done is so egregious, right? Correct. Is that lawyer talk? No. All right. That's musician talk. But I did interview a guy who went to three different law schools this week, Matt Soper, and he's a Republican from House District 54, Delta County, Mesa County, Trump Territory, Bobertville, Tina Petersland. And he voted for that terrible resolution, which was the equivalent of legitimate political discourse, praising Ron Hanks and some other Colorado Cretans, well, I shouldn't say that, Colorado Trump supporters who went to support his big lie, attempt to steal the elections, burnt democracy. They put in that resolution and Matt Soper voted for it, but then the next day he apologized because he said, you know what? I had COVID. I was home in Delta. I was watching this remotely. I kind of heard what they were talking about, but I didn't see the full text. And now that I've seen it, I reject it. And he came on my air to say that. And I accepted his apology. What do you think about that? I think that's good. I think his apology should be accepted. And, and I think also he had a change of heart. He Perhaps. Prob he probably had a talk with himself. Isn't that what we're going to need? Well, that's what everybody needs to do. Well, not if your heart's in the right place in the first place. Like well, you, to have a troubadour heart like you. It is, but we're all faced with these kinds of things where we sometimes make the wrong call and we have to be big enough 
to admit it. Craig. Troubadour. How are you? Not as good as you, Mr. Permanent Vacation. Tell everybody where you are. We're, uh, well, we're in, in our house here, a little house that I built about 10 years ago, up outside of um, Granby on a beautiful ridge. And how was the day in the Rocky Mountains? Well, Splendor? it couldn't have been better. It couldn't have been better. Sarah, our daughter, came with her boyfriend, Nick, and, <clears throat> and we skied. We just got back a little while ago. The snow was really good, and... She hadn't skied in a few years. She's been in nursing school and she's been working as a nurse here. And so with the pandemic and everything, she's been so busy. But uh, finally, she got some time off. And so we got a day of skiing and everybody had a great time. You kind of hurt my feelings. It couldn't have been better. Could not have been better. What if I was there? That would have made it worse. Because I can ski green slopes in rented (laughs) skis. One day, we'll we'll, we'll look forward to that. Hello, Troubadour. Hi, Craig. How are you? I'm okay. Sort of feeling the weight of the world more than usual because the world is jacked up. What do you think about it, Mr. Oblivious? No, who can be oblivious now? It's frightening. It is. I just showed you an image of a Russian tank just crushing a family sedan that was trying to drive in Ukraine, probably trying to get out of Dodge. What a horrible situation. And it's all going to be covered live on television. This is really something. Yeah, it's really upsetting. And it's, uh, I mean, when we're recording, as we record, it's, it's just minute by minute, I guess, as far as, you know, the extent of this invasion. Well, let's use our wisdom to try to analyze it because it comes down to a couple of men. I'm thinking of Vladimir Putin. He's a lawyer. He's a Christian, wants to revive the Russian Orthodox Church. He's a dictator. I think he heads up the Russian church, the Russian mafia, and he's reputed to be the richest guy in the world. Plus, he's older than us. He's He's uh, in that 70 range, and he's divorced. I wonder what's going through his head. What do you think? The whole world's wondering what's going through his head. I mean, as far as this invasion, I didn't think he was going to do it. Um, and the only logic behind it for me is based on two things that, that uh, I think he, that might be involved. And one is his vanity and, so, and the desire to, you know, to increase his power, his, his chokehold on that area. And the other is some kind of um, you know, concept of Soviet manifest destiny. Correct. And it's almost like, uh, look, Ukraine was part of us. It was the home of the Russian Orthodox Church. And we can't really have a Russia without you. And uh, we don't care. The other thing that bothers him is democracy. Democracy that has yielded an overwhelmingly popular president, this Volodymyr Zelensky. He's a Jewish guy, and he was a comedian, and he came to power doing a television show that mocked autocrats and the kleptocracy. So Putin fears democracy, free speech, free press, and that's why Ukraine has to go. It's an insult to him. 
he's fighting against democracy. I really believe that. And obviously, Ukraine's not the only democracy over there. He wants Europe. And I, I, I see his accomplices here in America, and that's what makes this such a dire situation. I said several people, Donald Trump, he's supporting Putin. So are a lot of Republicans. So are a lot of conservatives. Meanwhile, they put down Joe Biden every way they can. All the feeble, weak, corrupt. And they don't back him. They don't give him a chance when I think he's doing the best he can. And he's got to keep the free world together. But in the background, America's not together. No, it's very angering when I hear when I hear what what uh, what Trump says about Putin. I mean, it's it's just uh, I don't know. I haven't been that upset for a while in terms of you know what Trump what Trump says and what his what his minions you know line up and believe. But as far as as far as Biden goes, you know this is a tough this is a tough road right now, and it would be nice if the country could unify behind him. I agree. You've got Fox News with Laura Ingram. She heard Volodymyr Zelensky's speech, which was the bravest thing ever. He's target number one. He may be assassinated even before this podcast airs. He says, I'm target number one. My family is target number two. And we're not going to leave. So this man has shown more courage than just about anybody I've witnessed lately. He gave a tremendous speech that Laura Ingram came on while she's interviewing Trump and said was a pathetic display. A pathetic display because he spoke in Russian too, trying to tell the Russian people, hey, this is what's going on. Right, I saw that. And for her to call it a pathetic display, I will never forgive Laura Ingram for that. No. And uh, the battle lines are being drawn. We could have World War Three and a civil war, and uh, that's a problem, don't you think? Welcome to World War Three. Did you ever think we? I I believe that's true. Do you? It's possible. I mean, when you saw that nuke plant get hit last night, did you watch that live? I heard I, about that today. I have not watched that. I was on the phone with Ben, and it's like he was saying, "Well, what was it hit with?" Good questions, but now they have control of this plant and. Anyway, you're working hard in your business. Give a shout out again. Lookout Renovation. And uh, it's good that you're not following it as close as I am because it's bad. It's and scary. I, I, I don't know how it can end but for a couple of ways. Right. That's the scary part. Let's hear. Okay. Well, I, I think it can end with uh, Putin dead, right? Right. Because I do think that there can't be a lot of people that mishugna. And I think that we have to give these sanctions time for the people around him to take this shot if it's possible. But it may not be possible. Right. And then you have the Oive. What happens then? And uh, can we intervene? And then Lindsey Graham pops off and Hannity has been saying it all week. Somebody over there should kill him and... Then they play it on TV and the public, they're led to believe over there and see the Americans want to kill Putin, which we do. So it, it's a war, but, but here's what I don't get, because what am I? I'm just a simple Colorado lawyer. But I 
did throw a lot of people at I shouldn't use those words. I almost sounded like George Brockler. I was the prosecutor on cases where people went to prison, not for necessarily being the main bad guy, but for helping the bad guy. And there's a concept called complicity. So if with the intent to promote or facilitate an action, you aid, advise, abet, then you are culpable as an accomplice. So we are helping Ukraine in a variety of ways. And the issue becomes in for a dime, in for a dollar, or is it different? Because they'd say, well, if we did a no-fly zone, then we'd be escalating. Do you see what I mean? So that's why I'd give it two weeks. But I don't know that Zelensky and they can hold on that long. What do you give two weeks? The sanctions to bite so hard that they're closing up businesses there. I own stock in Coca-Cola and McDonald's. I've tweeted about it, and I'm going to say it right now right here. I'm going to sell my McDonald's and Coke stock if they stay in Russia right now because we have to put the clamps on Russia right. economically, and right? S- and so far, we've been doing a, a yes. good job of that. The world, I mean, Europe and the United States, it, and rapidly. I mean, it's really it's really been impressive how quickly these things come to bear, along with the the um, you know the 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 munitions that we're getting to to um, Ukraine. I mean, it seems like we're able to get them the, these these weapons quickly, and right. we have. But in the meantime, but, yeah. The cities are getting bombed, yes. the people, residential areas, little villages with no military importance. So they're just killing the population. And so I can say two weeks sitting here in Colorado, but what is our moral responsibility? The Western world is united as never before. And you know who the leader is? Zelensky. And uh, he said today, you were working, but he said, if you if Ukraine goes down, Europe is going down. And uh, this guy is showing courage, but I don't know if he'll be alive when we talk next week. It's no. important. Yes, I mean, I think I think you know when you talk about um, aiding and abetting and um, complicity and the cor- and the corollary is if we don't do something, how how. How, right. What is our responsibility then? But I mean, I think thus thus far that you know it seems like you know Biden administration, United States, Europe has done everything they can short of sending soldiers, no, sending no, our sons. No, we haven't shut off the oil yet. We haven't. Okay. We haven't so done everything that we can. Who's who's buying oil from Russia right we now? We buy four percent of our oil from Russia, and we're still buying it. I believe so. Why don't we shut it down? You know who said that? Fox News, Nancy Pelosi, even Elizabeth Warren. I think that's coming, but then we eventually run out of options, right? And we're making this guy more Michigan. I'd have a team of psychiatrists on this. I don't know how to end it. I hope they're rational people in Russia. A lot of them are billionaires. They are done, but the whole world could be done. We have a nuclear threat like no other. Last night I'm watching it, and they said if it caught on fire, all of Europe could have been contaminated. My God, what are we living through? This guy's the threat, and it's one man, or is it? Do you see my Trump 
Putin connection well, yet? Are you seeing any of this yet? I don't know. We can leave Trump out of this. No, no, but but yet. I just I just can't help but note that as the January sixth committee is saying he he committed crimes, and the law closes in. He's in bed with Putin, who is creating quite a diversion. And if one way to obstruct justice, which is Trump's forte, is you think you're going to ever have a trial about me, a real trial? No. We'll blow the whole thing up. And and I might be conspiratorial on that, but I can't help but see it. And, and Trump has not backed off saying Putin is smart, and he's always still deferential to the guy. So... Right. You no, know, it, 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 you know what? It's, to use a Yiddish expression, it's nish kaferlach. It doesn't matter. Right. It's and, an annoyance to it, hear to hear uh, Trump right. and, spout out. And, and most Republicans, I think, are on the side of opposing Putin. Most Democrats are. Most Independents. We've never been more united. So now we just have to put our brains together. What do we do? And Joe Biden and his team, yeah. what a responsibility. Craig, the one thing that you haven't touched on yet, and I think it's really important, is, and I don't know if anybody can do this, but somehow diplomatically to create a scenario where Putin can withdraw and save face. I mean, short of that, I just don't see anything other than a, a, a complete escalation, you know, uh, uh, you know, where he's he's doing blanket bombing and eventually they can roll into into Ukraine. If if Russia wants to completely overtake Ukraine and and kill kill Kalinsky, uh, then he'll be able to do it. Um uh, yeah, if he uh, kills Zelensky then Zelensky. right. No, he but I think he's gone too far. Troubadour, you're so optimistic. You want to see the bright side, but we, we can't let this guy run. I want to uh, see an superpower. exit strategy, yeah, something yeah, short of World War Three. He's committed murder. He hasn't just shot people on Fifth Avenue. He's mowed down villages. He's killed children and women indiscriminately. And so it's just gone past the point of no return. It's like Scarface. We need a SWAT unit. Who is Scarface killing it? Then anybody. Could. Well, if it comes down to to options that you're, you know, the probability of options. I would say the probability of a of a real um, concerted and accelerated invasion of Ukraine is greater, and a complete takeover of, of Ukraine and killing Zelensky is more likely than an assassination of Putin. Hey, Troubadour. How are you, Craig? I'm doing well. Worried about the world, but thinking about pleasant things like Bones Highland. You don't even know who that guy is, do you? I do not. He's a star rookie for our Denver Nuggets. You have heard of Russell Wilson, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Russell Wilson's the guy who skunked us in the Super Bowl, and he will be quarterbacking for the Broncos. I know that. I'm excited. He's got a world-class smile. So does Bones Highland. Infectious kind of uh, looks. Have you followed it all? I know you're traveling. Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. And have you seen how she lights up a room when she smiles? You know, I have not. I listened to her. I listened to some of the um, 
uh, of the hearings um, yesterday and I think maybe the day before, but I have not actually seen her. Let me tell you, there's a picture in the New York Times, and I know you get that paper. It is a shot of her husband sitting behind her, but her grown daughter, about the age of Rachel or Sarah, looking at her mom with such admiration, and it will bring a smile to your face. It's, It's one of the best pictures of the year, just showing that tight family unit and... My gosh, some of the Republicans, Holly Cruz, uh, Lindsey Graham. It was Graham, withering, a withering interrogation. It was stupid. Uh, I mean, trying to make her out she, with child I, pornography. Oh, anyway. Good Lord. Anyway, it took, the, yes, it takes, it takes great patience and uh, diplomacy to take those questions and say, thank you, Senator. <laughs> May I have another? Right. It's just yeah. performance. But Cory Booker, you know, for oh. this is a first. And uh, I love your song to set the stage this week because tell everybody about this song about refugees, what it is, how you came up with it. Well, I wanted this. This song was actually not it's it's not a um timely song in terms of the Ukrainian situation. It, it, it was written more during the Syrian uh, refugee problem of some years ago. And, and uh, I was just imagining what it would be like for um, a father to have to tell his family that they have to get out and get out now. And he goes at one point, you know, he goes to the, to his mother and says, we have to leave. We won't be coming back. And he takes his children and off they go. I mean, basically they're walking um, to, to safety. Chag Sameach. We've never had a show segment start quite like this. It is a hotbed of activity as we get ready for Passover, wouldn't you say? Yes, it was a hotbed until you came over and interrupted the works. We had to record before Shabbat, Passover, it's everything. And uh, I'm sorry to bring you away, although we are in a competition. Second night, the brisket Bake Off, you do your best. My wife, Trish, will make her Trishkit, and we will taste each other's wares this second night. But, you know, that has one of those, this is one of those things where I'm not going to, it's a no-win situation for me, Craig, and I'll explain why. Because if my Trishkit is inferior to Trish's, my Trishkit, then I'm going to feel bad, right? I'm going to feel outdone. But if Trish, but if mine wins, okay, yes, through some objective determination, right, then I'm going to feel bad for Trish. It's a no-win situation. Well, isn't that true? Anytime you play tennis or one-on-one or gamble, pong, gamble with yes. friends, which is why I don't. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because can we still? We'll taste still, your brisket. We'll, we'll still do it. And we'll you can't still. call yours Trishkin. That's just for Trish. But you got me saying Trishkin. Well, that's so delicious. You've well, tasted it before. Good luck to you, okay. sir. All right. All right. Yes. Zetzebek. Yes. Have you ever heard that word, Zetzebek? You've said it. What does it mean? Do you I remember? For, I forgot. It's Yiddish for sit down. I heard Thank that you. a lot. Oh. A lot. And I don't care if you have overcooked your roasted egg right now. How long have you had that baby in there, and on what temperature? You're holding me back. It's 400, and it's exploded by now. 
You know what? Those toaster ovens aren't that expensive. Don't worry about it. We're going to talk about your song. How about that? It's so perfect for Passover. And you, you actually sat down and listened to Rabbi Zwerin give that 85th birthday speech. Beautiful speech. Yes. And so it's simple, elegant, wise, just like the interview. You are sitting right where he said yesterday, are you worthy? In 20 years, I'll be worthy, hopefully. That's right. But he has the energy that makes you think 85 is not that bad, plus the wisdom, my goodness. And I do mean goodness because your song, Good to Believe, we're going to play Rabbi Zwerin's amazing speech afterwards, so we don't want to give away the goodness there. But if I keep saying good Passover, it kind of honors my mother who would say good Shabbos, good Passover. I love that sort of thing. And it is a good Passover because you are entertaining tonight. So are we. Both of our two children, we don't share children, but you have two, I have two. They're away, but Others take their place. And right? my younger one, Rachel, is with my father tonight. Oh, that's beautiful. There. Yes. Yeah, that is. See, that's how you keep it going. But have you thought about good to believe? Uh, the word good, if you take away an O, what do you have? You have God. You've thought about that? I've At some point in the past, I probably haven't. And, and if you take away the G and replace it with a D, it's Gog. <laughs> oh boy. And if you're dyslexic and you're a dog lover, you worship canines, why not? But Passover, your song is about something bigger than you. First of all, I'm still bigger than you. The origins of this song were I remember I remember very, very uh very clearly, and it was Rachel. Something had happened, a terrible event had happened, a, 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 an airliner had gone down, something like that. Innocent people had lost their lives. And she told me at that point, she goes, Dad, I just can't believe in God because he wouldn't let these things happen. And I thought about it. She goes, I think I'm an agnostic. And I, and I didn't argue with her. I let her have her thoughts about that. And, um, but it gave rise to this song where I thought this would be a way of imparting to her why I believe in God, why I, why I like to, and in, in some sense, need to believe in God. Now, that is touching. And this song is obviously written for your children. It's wise. I would let my children hear it. It's good for your friends like me to hear as well, because you make the case sort of like a lawyer, and your daughter, who evaluates things for a living, she needs evidence. She wants something she can touch. right. And you are saying, and wait till you hear Rabbi Ray Zwerin talk about these concepts. Like Exodus, did Moses really exist? Absolutely. I believe Moses existed, yes. But where, where's your evidence? It, there's, uh, what would you call it, circumstantial evidence. It's come down to the Tell me the circumstantial well, evidence. Jews Just... are people of the book. It's been written, and it's been passed on, so... I mean, we don't know what he looked like. We don't know if he parted the Red Sea, all of that. There's a lot of allegory, but Moses as the leader of the of the Exodus out of Egypt, I believe. What if I told you there is not substantial circumstantial evidence and that really it might just be a story, a good story, a metaphor? I'm not saying that's true. God, forgive me. 
I've always believed that Moses was a historical character, and it's not just a Jewish thing because that's what Jesus believed. That's where the book comes from. The whole basis for Christianity, Islam, Mormon. When would this have been, Craig? So the the Exodus would have taken place. What, like maybe thirty five hundred years ago, it like fifteen hundred years uh, before? Uh, listen, to uh, something. Uh, I asked Rabbi Warren about it, so. I need to brush up on my history. It's all right, though. But even if it's not historically provable, this is where your song comes in, which is, okay. One one must have faith. That's why. No, it's just good to believe in something. Yes. Mm -hmm. Unless you believe a little too fundamentally. Fundamentalism can get you in trouble. But gosh, it's a pretty song. Did you ever think about being a cantor? No, I don't have the voice for it. I think you do. My yeah, God, I'll be you. singing my ass off tonight. My house, my service, and I know I can't carry a tune, although I think I could have sung back up on this song of yours at the end. Do you remember? I, I'm one of the few who, who, I may be one of the few who likes your singing voice. You keep saying it's a, it's a bad singing voice. No, I, I disagree. Do you remember the end of your song here when you're talking about Bigger than you. And right. then in the background, aren't there my, singers going, oh, my, my daughters. I yes. think you could have called I, me over. I, I could have, oh, or uh, uh, right. coach me. I mean, I need some direction. As soon as I'm done recording, we'll get you uh, in there. All right. I, I just want to do it. I mean, if it's one note, I can maybe luck out and hit it and sustain it for just on the back end of the long. song. I don't want to ruin your song because it's. It's so beautiful. It's for your children, for anybody's children. And it's blessing to compete against you this Passover on the brisket thing. I mean, it's really Trish against you, and I know who's going to win, but good luck. Who's the judge? Are you saying I can't be objective? I am saying you cannot yeah, be impartial. Yeah, like Clarence Thomas gets to judge Jenny Thomas's cases. Right away, you're being a lawyer. <laughs> but yeah. He sets the standard. All right. All right. Well, you can judge. All but, right. But you'd be making a mistake to judge. To, to, okay. To, here's the judge. Yeah, you know, it's your wife. No, you have to, no. Here's no. somebody who's we both adore and we trust his judgment. And his name is Bradley Stern. And he's part of our podcast. Okay. And he's going to be... The deciding vote. He's in the hot seat. He's coming gonna... to Passover second day. And what's this crap that you don't do second day Seder? You are coming, and you have to have at least four cups of wine. That I can handle. All right. Troubadour, my foreign correspondent from New Orleans. How are you? Greetings from New Orleans Jazz Fest. How are you, Craig? Doing great here. Now, is it required that a troubadour go to the Jazz Fest? And are you sitting in a coffee shop now having a, what do they call it, a bidet? Or it's a beignet? <laughs> Not a bidet. It's a beignet. No, no, I don't need it in the morning. But um, yes, the, the, the famous uh, sugared uh, pastry um, over at, at the... Um, what do they call it? Cafe Mondo. Um, yeah. Cafe Mondo, anyway, I think. It's, 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 yeah. Anyway, it's um, not something I'm having now. I'm just having coffee. My favorite coffee shop, watching the rain fall down on a um, morning, second day of Jazz Fest. Is the sun still shining? 
It is, but not here. It will later in the day. Tell everybody why you go to New Orleans for Jazz Fest so frequently. Well, for so many reasons, Craig. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's just an atmosphere of everybody being harmonious with everyone else, loving music, enjoying the food, company, the scenes, sights. It's just a fabulous place. You immerse yourself in it. And being in the French Quarter, it's, it's very quaint. You feel like you've, you've left the modern world and you're, you're kind of in a little cocoon. It's a special feeling. Is anybody wearing a mask? Um, very few. So it feels back to normal for you? Yes, very few. My wife is telling me that she's she's uh, she's telling me about the new variants and this and that. But uh, people don't seem to be worrying about about that here. But you know, it's outside too. Lisa's back in Colorado. You go and you hang out with your fellow music lovers. I think it's fantastic. As is your song this week. I tell you the topics, and you said I haven't, and it's perfect. The sun still shining. And it means so many different things. First of all, it's a classic Dave Gunder song with a sun in it, a, a train. But that word sun can mean a lot of things because you call your dog sun as well. And how come you don't take Riley to Jazz Fest? Well, I know he's being taken care of there. By the way, have you taken him for a walk yet, Greg? Not yet. I'm not sure I can keep up with the sidewinder. <laughs> no, my wife's taking care of him. He, it, this would be a little too much for him. How old is Sidewinder? About 19 now? No, he's not 19. Don't rush him. He's 14. Anyway, you call Riley your son because you have two beautiful daughters, Rachel and Sarah, and you apparently need another male in the house. I understand it. That's why we have our Ico girl. But this song, A Sun Still Shining, you probably didn't write it about Riley. Who did you write it about? Um, I don't remember writing it about anybody, Craig. In fact, in fact, um, I think um, I, I really don't remember the specifics of writing that song. It just came out of you because it has all of the elements, but it's a beautiful concept. I call it sort of a sad song of moving on, but with optimism, as are most of your songs on most of your albums, including this, the Troubadour album. I love it. Because I had a convertible, and you made a reference to a convertible. What about you? Did you have one? Oh, right, putting the top down. That's yeah. right, just the joy, just the joy of, of a road trip. Um, I did my first car, a 1967 GTL. Oh, my first and best car. I got a hand-me-down Chevy Super Sport, but I like the concept of just driving. And I've got foreign yes. correspondents in Poland greeting Ukrainian refugees. They are over there in that part of the world. I have another foreign correspondent today in Israel. And the bottom line is a lot of people get run out of situations or land, and they just got to drive. And their reality is shifting and, uh, That's right. That's and, right. and leaving all the madness behind. It, That's right. It feels good. It's, it's freedom. It's you know, being in a, on a road trip like that with the top down. It's an allegory of of uh, just freedom, no worries, the and, and having the future stretch out in front of you with all, with all its mystery and, and opportunity, right? I'm a little angry right now because my dog seems to like you better than me. 
And look, he's squeaking his toy. It's all for you. No, he loves you, Craig. I know he loves me, but he gets more excited to see you. And I don't know what you've ever done for him, really. You hold his leash while I pick up his poop. Maybe that's it. <laughs> that could be it. Happy Memorial Day. Happy summer. Thank you. I guess you. the expression is to have a meaningful Memorial Day. And yes. We know the great Henry Gunders served in uh, World War II with honor, 10th Mountain Division. Yes, Do you think he... about somebody on Memorial Day? Do you know somebody who uh, passed away serving the country? Well, I think of all the veterans. I mean, um, I probably don't give give as much time as I should, quite honestly, Craig. Well, neither do I. Yeah. But I interviewed yeah. Terry Fry. I have a humdinger of a show because Terry Fry's dad, Jerry Fry, great assistant coach for the Broncos, coach at Oregon. He was a legend in the football business, but he was a fighter pilot at a really young age, and he served with a guy named Dave Schreiner, who played on a Wisconsin football team. And Dave Schreiner, he lost his life. So we're dedicating this show to Dave Schreiner, thanks to Terry Fry, our special guest. I don't know how you do it with the perfect song every week, but then again, I get great guests. Terry Fry, with that military history, he is perfect. He's perfect as a guy for this show because he's also a big avalanche guy and the Avs are in a heck of a series. He's written a book about white supremacy. It happens to deal with World War II. Lainey Reifenstahl, the famous German movie maker, had a relationship with the Colorado athlete, the gold medal winner, decathlete Glenn Morris. So it really is something else. But Terry Fry worked for decades for the Denver Post, Rocky Mountain News. He's still covering the avalanche. He's got a great talk radio show. What a great guest. And he also covered Columbine. He's written extensively about it. I covered Columbine. I had to go on national TV and try to explain what happened. It was new then. Everybody knew since Columbine that if you have a shooter in the school, you just go in and you save the kids. Now it appears there was an 80-minute delay in Uvalde, Texas. Unconscionable, terrible. But you know what really is going on there, Dave Gunders? Tell me. One, bad decision-making, probably poor communications, but a level of cowardice. There were 19 cops in the building, and this guy is shooting an AR-15. And, you know, you can have a police shield. You can have body armor. That's not going to help. You can hide behind a filing cabinet, and it'll go right through it and kill you. You can't have weapons of war like that in a civilized society. And let alone to have an 18-year-old buy two of them legally at age 18. Craig, I'm totally with you on that. I mean, on every aspect. I I just heard about, before I came over to sit with you and interview— um, about this 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 delay, and I I like you know I like to hold off until I have facts to make judgment. But this just sounds that's what came to mind to my mind too is cowardice. I mean that's that part of it is really infuriating. It's like a whole new terrible um, revelation on what has already been a really tough week. But um, as far as him going in and buying those things, the laws that allow that they need to be rescinded. I mean. It's crazy. It's crazy. These are weapons of war. What else is someone going to use them for? 
you know, you have other possible weapons. Automobile, good example. Well, you can't rent a car until you're 25. There are age restrictions on things. And the only industry I know with immunity to the degree the gun makers, I don't know anything like that. The Congress people, legislatures give them immunity. Why? They market it to kids. It's got to end the way cigarettes did, right? We have to regulate, tax it. These assault weapons, they have no utility. I'm just, I've been part of this issue for a long time. And I shouldn't say they have no utility. Like if you have a feral pig on a property you have in Louisiana, maybe it's good because you have to shoot the pig from a distance and those things are slippery. I've heard that explanation. Oh, please. And maybe once in a while it's used in legitimate self-defense, but I doubt it. 30-round magazines outlawed by Hickenlooper in Colorado, a company up and left. But you know what? That killer down in Texas, he had many 30-round magazines. We were right to get rid of them. These are war weapons, and we need to bar it. And public sentiment is there. But uh, the base for Donald Trump opposes it. It will be interesting. And for those who say, well, you need good guys with guns, well, it didn't work in Texas. They had a lot of them just waiting in the hall. And now you're going to have teachers with guns? I don't think so. Then we have to do something about AR-15s. There are good solutions for hardening the target and all of that. But let's not... I pretend like we can't do anything about assault weapons because we can. And that's what's got me worked up this week. And I tweeted about it. And I know him, John Caldera. He had me on his show once. And he can be a nice guy, but he's bond paid for by the gun industry. And he goes on and he says, I used to feel like Craig Silverman did. And now I've learned more. Yeah, he got paid. And I like getting paid too. But, you know, in my talk radio days... I would not do an ad for a gun shop. I just would not. I don't want to sell assault weapons or any weapons. I'm not saying people can't protect themselves in their homes. But my God, so many crimes start with a stolen gun from a burglary or a car break-in, and then it's used against an innocent. I've got a lot of thoughts about gun control, as you can tell. And in my studio, there's me back in the 90s with Roy Romer and Jim Brady, and we got some legislation to keep... Handguns away from juveniles, the same kind of thing we're talking about now. So I'm not new to this issue. It gets me worked up, too. I'm worked up. I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's just, and it's cloaked in this ridiculous ideology of, of constitutional rights. I mean, right to bear arms and a right to get a weapon of war like that. I mean, you can't go and get a tank. I mean, you, you know, this is crazy. The fact that we can't as a society make some make some changes. And you know, the sad thing is that may or may not even help what's, what is an underlying cause of this, which is, you know, disturbed individuals. It's both. I mean, we, right. we got to look at both, yes. but, but you shouldn't take guns out of the, out of the dialogue, right. you know, in, in, in discussing, you know, the root problem, which is mental illness or emotional anguish or who knows what. Oh, what a world. What a day. Oops. See, it's not that easy. Try again. <laughs> oh, what a world. What a life. What a day. Saturday, June 18th. Welcome to the Craig Silverman podcast. It is our 101st episode. And Craig, take it away. It's still not that easy. 
All right. Should I do it again? Try one more time. And oh. try to throw the year in there, Ooh. too. Oh, what a world. What a day. <laughs> <laughs> See? Start me again. Okay, go ahead. Oh, what a world. What a life. What a day. Saturday, June 18th, 2022. You're tuning in to the Craig Silverman News Hour. And this is Troubadour. <laughs> this is Troubadour. You rename my show. That's as good as we're going to get. It <laughs> is episode 101, and we're doing things a little different, but we still, we still have our Troubadour, Dave Kunders, and we're going to have fun, especially today. We have the perfect song from the Troubadour, Only a Rock in the Road. And boy, we've had that kind of week. America's had that kind of week. Troubadour, thanks for being here. I love your song. It's about overcoming adversity. Am I right? That's right. And we both had our adversity this week. Yeah, you just had your adversity right there. Yeah. (laughs) No, that was just a challenge. (laughs) Right. Okay, right. Which I feel I rose to. Troubadour. My traveling troubadour. How are you, Craig? Welcome back. Thank you. You are so busy. Who takes care of all those lookout renovations when you were gone? Um, I don't know. A staff of thousands. <laughs> well, we have we have um, we have uh, um, policies in place. Good and protocols. Yes. What about the band? Who are you performing with this weekend? Now this weekend it's Papamo and the Vipers. Papamo is our fearless leader playing B3 organ and accordion, and we play Zydeco music and other Gulf Coast sounds. I'm glad you're talking about somebody playing their organ, because the song you've provided today, perfect as always, in so many ways, it's got an organ in it. Am I right? A keyboard of some type. Yes, as I remember. You don't remember, but I've listened to it about five times. You remember the opening line of your song? You say something that I don't understand. Right. Yeah. That's uh, something that I help you with because, one, your hearing is going. That's part of it. And, two, there are some words that you are not up on. But you taught me a word this week, and it came up in an article I read. Sisyphean. Right. Tell everybody how you explained that to me. May I correct your pronunciation? Please. Sisyphean. Or at least that's the way I would okay. put it. I, I don't know if it's, if you know, it could be both. All right. Now, I, uh, that can be resolved. But, but keep going. But I delight in correcting you whether yes, I'm right, I know whether I'm I'm right like or not. Too. Yeah. So Sisyphean, yes. The, uh, the uh, I think, probably Greek mythology, right? The, the poor sop who spent, spends eternity pushing a, a boulder up a hill and having it roll back down and then continuing that task now, yet again. Now, you said sop. Don't you mean sap? Well, poor he's, sap? He's both. No, or maybe no, poor sop. sop. Maybe it's Sisyphean. I don't know. Yeah, I think a sop in this case. We might have to have a breakup. After all, this song that you wrote, it's, a, it's not just a breakup song. It's sort of a desperate breakup song. You had all your dreams wrapped up in some chick... Give us the backstory. Who, what, where, when? <laughs> you presume that I remember. Um, I can start. Don't start, don't set me out to lying to you. But um, I think it's just a general idea of there are some people you you talk to, some people you know, and they know it all, no matter what. And so you can't you can't really tell them anything. 
they're not open to your to your suggestions. Have you ever thought about that expression? You wrote this song. You're so original, but have you ever been called a know-it-all? Just by my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Both Mr. Oblivious and Mr. Know-it-all. It seems contradictory, but all of us get a little sure of ourselves. And I love this song. And toward the end, you say it's like talking to a really steep wall or something like that. But the music is profound. I love the lyrics. But this week, this why it's perfect because I had my old professor of political science on named Bob Levy, and he really does know it all. I mean, he's wise, he's seen it all, and when it comes to poli-sci, he, you mention a guy and he's got a story, and I just loved it. So um, I want to talk to you about that guy, because I told him, imagine this, you went to see you, and a lot of people you know, are fooled by your appearances here. They don't realize you have a graduate degree, an MBA, <laughs> and you're smart. And wow. and have you ever had a professor who you thought, God, this guy's a genius? I've had some um I've had some professors. Actually some of the better professors I've had were were at U C D. Um, sure. You know, CU, unfortunately, so many of the like, first couple of years, you know, you're taking these big right. classes and you don't have that, that personal relationship. Colorado you know? College was different. That's why I liked it a lot better. Have you ever thought maybe I could have been a professor? Because this guy, Bob Levy, he was a Baltimore guy, was a reporter, worked in the Capitol, but he was dedicated to getting his PhD at Johns Hopkins, came to Colorado College in Colorado Springs in 1968. And he's been there ever since, ever since. And he's had a great life for 55 years and made a nice living. I think that's kind of a cool life. Well, I look forward to hearing. Yeah. And as for me, fifth grade teacher, I think was more would have been more my ambition. Yes. All right. Well, there that's, you go. That's an important year. Can I just say, since I called you Mr. Oblivious, that Cassidy Hutchinson, the fact that you took attention to her, and you even read my column about her in the Colorado Sun. I thought she was terrific. And even as we speak on Friday, what is it, the 8th day of July, for our show July 9th, Pat Cipollone is talking to the January 6th committee. First of all, for all the money in the world, can you spell Cipollone? Probably not. Give it a go. Is it, pronounce it one more time. Cipollone. Use it in a sentence. His full name is Anthony Cipollone, and he was White House counsel under Donald Trump. C? Yes. I-P-I-L-O-N-I. C-I-P-O-L-L-O-N-E. Wow. But you know what's the cool thing that people remember him by? Because right now, can you remember his full name? Uh, Mr. Cipollone. Okay. But Andrew. A lot of people call him Patsy Baloney. Oh, that's, that's Patsy Baloney. Yeah, right. That's no. That's, but I hopefully he'll nice. tell the truth, and yeah. then that's all we want from the January sixth committee. And he's the guy who knows it all because he was in the room where it happened. Not to mix your song with Hamilton, but that could be a good mixtape, don't you think? <laughs> all right, we'll keep it in mind. Okay, first of all, there's our last show before Thanksgiving. And are you going to have the whole family in? you got to be grateful for Sarah and Nick. Why don't you share the great news with our audience? 
Well, my daughter's getting married, and her she and her fiancé are here, and we like them a lot. That's the great news. That is great news. And the ride home from Denver Airport was good. You had a good conversation. Sarah told me all about nursing. That is a tough job. You hear stories. You know, every day something happens. She works 14-hour days. And uh, it's it, it's a lot. I mean, and, they work hard. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's nurses. In, important work, you know. Very. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, she was telling me about that. Sometimes she dreads going to work. She admitted. Right. But, but it's 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 hard. But you know, some days are great. Others are tough. I think today's a great day because of a guy named Jack Smith. You ever heard of him? Surprisingly, no. Wouldn't you think that's like a name of yes. an alias, Jack Smith, who has yeah. a name like that? Yeah, you'd that's, think you'd know Jack Smith. He's been appointed by Merrick Garland to be the special counsel against Donald Trump. Right. I heard he. I heard that uh, that Garland was making a, um, a right. special. Uh, uh, yeah, a special. And you can't pin this one on the Jews anymore because his name's Jack Smith, not Merrick Garland. <laughs> well. I don't know how many people were trying to pin it on the Jews. But, oh, you know, come on. Are Donald they? I don't Trump go will to those do sites. anything. Nothing concentrates the mind like the thought of going to jail. That's what he's thinking about. And this special counsel is hitting the ground running. It's not like he just got surprised today. He said, okay, and he issued a press statement. And bingo, bango, bongo. You know, I did this for a living. Not play the drums, by the way, but... Make charging decisions? Yes, right. You sit in a room, detectives come in, FBI agents present their case. Yes. Let me see this. Let me see that. You decide you make whether, a decision. whether to bring charges. Right. It's like you with one of your great renovation projects. You look at what you have to take on. You think about it. You make a decision whether to move forward or not, right? Right. So... It may not take long now. Did you hear what else got expedited today? Let's hear. Mount Evans is going bye-bye. It's going to be Mount Blue Sky. That's terrific. That's I terrific. think so. Yeah. I, I think it's great. You should write we, a we've song We've been calling about. it Mount Blue Sky for a while now. Right. Right. And it's our dominant mountain, the dominant mountain of my life, of Denver, Colorado. This scoop out of Mount Evans is one of the dominant things, and you can always see what the weather's like. Did it snow on Mount Evans? And it's a harbinger of what's going to happen here. And the timing, I think, is really good in, in light of the um, of the the um, honoring of the Sandy Creek massacre that's that's been happening over these last few days too. I think it must be an anniversary or something. But I know there's a. Um, there's an exhibit at the at the uh, Colorado Museum, right? The one downtown. I'm not sure of yeah. the anniversary exactly, but it was around Civil War times. Yeah. And you think about all the atrocities of the Civil War born out of bigotry. And this was ours. How many people do you think were killed? At, I mean, it was uh, like 200 innocent, innocent people. Yeah. You know, children and, 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 and women. 230 Cheyenne and yeah. Arapaho people. Okay, now... For you, how many 14ers have you climbed? I don't know, maybe a dozen. Does that include Mount Evans? It does not. Well, what about Mount Blue Sky? I could drive up there. I've still never even taken that road. I need to do it. Now that it's Blue Sky, we might have to take a trip. How high do you think it is? 14,167 feet. 
It is 14,265 feet. Now, this Governor John Evans, who's kind of responsible for this atrocity, you know what else is named after him? What, the mountain? Now, what you else mean, is named after Governor Evans around oh, here? Oh, the main street, the main thoroughfare, yes. Evans, yes. Right. It's got to become so Blue is, Sky now. Is it going to become Blue Sky Thoroughfare? I, I'm for it. <laughs> I haven't heard about that. It's going to have to go through Denver, Lakewood, Aurora. Where else does Evans go through? Probably those are the cities most impacted. Right. Yeah. yeah. I I'm wonder not sure if they'll agree on that. Goes. Anyway, it's a Shonda for the uh, Evans family, but I think good for uh, just remedying. You know, you just can't get past a massacre of 230 innocent people, right? It wasn't a war thing. It was just a massacre. Yeah. Women, children, they took their, you know, their, their scalps and paraded through Denver. It was terrible. So I don't care what else Evans did. That's just too awful. Just too awful. What was his involvement in that? He, he, he was the Colorado uh, military wing, which the governor controlled. I see. And uh, there was a guy named Chivington. I'm not the all-time expert on this, yeah. but I, I know it's been sorted out, and I know what side I'm on. Yeah. I'm on the Troubadour side because I'm thinking, okay, Mount Blue Sky. Does Dave Gunders have a song— that involves blue in it, and and then I'm thinking, well, the blues. Would you consider yourself a blues singer? I do. No, I really don't. <laughs> but you try, right? Well, I did an album where I was, you know, I was uh, learning a lot of the um, styles, acoustic blues in particular. Um, but and I wanted to um, put together what I what I'd learned. But it was more, you know, it it was it was less original music than it is a. a a presenting of a blues style of music. But I love this song, Going Away Blues, and I like your spelling, because you don't spell out G-O-I-N-G. You use an apostrophe. That's right. What's the thinking? The thinking is it's a rural kind of approach. It's, you right. know, it's laid back. Yeah, it's southern. That's right. That's right. So no, what was... else inspired Going Away Blues? Well, I think that was, um, I think uh, there was an album out uh, of a, of a um, singer at, at the time uh, in the 30s, Jimmy Rogers, not the white Jimmy Rogers. There was a there was a black bluesman, Jimmy Rogers, um, who was a terrific guitar player. And um, I had gotten this album where Keith Richards had joined him and some other luminaries of the of, of the rock era. Maybe I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe Jeff Beck was on it, but I know Keith Richards was the main guy. And um, they they honored him by doing his music with him they actually jammed together he's dead now but um they they worked with him on this album and uh i i was i was inspired by that nice and don't you see how it fits now the name evans is going away going away blues going away blues going but away you know blues. who testified in support of the name going away there's a great article in the colorado sun and yes i worked for them as columnist at large, but this is the best reporting I've seen. His great-great-granddaughter, she has a different last name, said, please, it would be only fair to the Native Americans for you to do this for them. Oh, she supported it. Yeah, she oh, that's supported great. it. Isn't that something? That's great. Yeah. So there's 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 some uh, 
there's some evolution there in the Evans family. That's right. Yeah, yeah, an evolution in their thinking. Michael, of course, is a great sponsor of my show, but more than that, he's my lawyer, my end-of-life planning lawyer, and I've got two dogs. What about you? I have two dogs right now as well. And not only do you love your dogs at home with your kids and your wife, but you get involved with dog issues in your law practice. Tell everybody about that. So I will write pet trusts, which is you can earmark money to take care of your pets. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they've got their dogs and you know, they love their dogs. But then if somebody were to, you know, if, you're, if you were to pass away, you know, who's going to take your dogs? Who would, who would love your dogs as much as you do? I don't know that anybody would love your dogs as much as you do. But like, I grew up with dogs. And so if I were to pass away, then my parents or my siblings could take the dogs. So when you set up a pet trust, you can dictate who's going to get those dogs and then who you can leave money to take care of the dogs as well. I like working with you and I think you are ahead of your time. You have 15 different locations. How cool is that? It's, it is nice to be able to go to all the different locations and you know meet people where it's comfortable and more convenient for them. And nobody wants to drive from one part of Metro Denver to the other to meet with a lawyer. You will come to them. Yep, and I'll deal with traffic so you don't have to. Tell us how people can get in touch with you. My direct phone number is 720-394-6887, or they can go to my website, which is mobileestateplanning.com. And again, that's mobileestateplanning.com. And there's even a schedule, you know, there's a book an appointment link on this on the website. All right, Michael Bailey, thank you. Hey, I have some exciting news. I am starting my brand new law firm. It's Attitude, mine. The legal skills, mine. The support staff, incredible. Find us online soon at CraigsColoradoLaw.com. Find me right now on Twitter at CraigsColorado. Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. And that was our show. The Troubadours stuck around to do the outro. We are wasted at this point. Go ahead, Troubadour. Can you say bye-bye? Thank yourself for a year's worth of great shows. Thank you, Craig. It was an honor and a privilege and fun to boot. So we'll look forward to to uh, many good discussions in 2023. Hanukkah, Sameach, and Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening. Tune in live every Saturday morning, 9 to noon, Mountain Time. Visit thecraigsilvermanshow.com for the podcast, blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe on all major podcasting platforms to be updated when new episodes are available. This has been The Craig Silverman Show.